Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Okay, let's just all take a moment. Is anyone cold? Because I'm cold. If you're cold, maybe just hug the person next to you. (laughs) Okay, I'll just stand. Make a difference. Make a difference to that person's basic needs at this moment in time. Yeah, my name's Joe. I'm part of the leadership team here, and most of you know me. Um, It's my pleasure to speak to you this morning. And I've got to be honest with you, I have had, uh, I've I've really, I'm echoing, actually. Am I echoing? Oh, okay. I've really um, wrestled with um, today, actually, and sort of preparing for today. Um, And uh, I've actually decided that I'm going to do it slightly differently. Um, And it's not going to be all about me standing here talking to you. Um, It's going to be very much, I want us to to think about this issue of making a difference together. And I don't want it to be me telling you what I think making a difference is. I want us to work on it together as a community. And so I will be asking you to... um, to actually take part, to talk to the people around you. And I will be asking for feedback as well as we kind of develop this talk together, if you like. So um, it's not something that I feel I've got desperately to bring to you this morning. I think it's something that we need to actually talk about together um, and, uh, and work through. Um, I I hope you like my top this morning. I went into my 17-year-old daughter's bedroom and uh, she said, oh, mum, is that a new top? She said, you look like a vicar. (laughs) So I thought, well, that's all right then because I am actually speaking at church this morning. Most of you won't know my 17-year-old daughter. She has an allergy to church, just doesn't think it is anything relevant to her whatsoever. But, you know, she thought I looked like a vicar, so, you know, that's that's good. Um, So this is our penultimate week in the Simple Church series, where we've been thinking about our church culture, which is why I think it's really important that it's not just about me talking to you this morning, because actually if we're thinking about our church culture, if we're thinking about our values, if we're thinking about how we are going to grow stronger, if we're thinking about making a difference, then we've all got to be on message with that. We've all got to know what our starting point is. And, um, and so I'm excited about this morning, but I'm also a bit terrified because I haven't got it all scripted out. And usually when I prepare something, I've got it all scripted out. I have got notes, so don't worry. There won't be any real sort of embarrassingly <laughs> quiet moments. But, um, but actually, it's, I just believe God wants to do something amongst us. And I don't really know what it is, if I'm honest. Okay, so we're going to... A couple of weeks ago, I talked about vulnerability... I'm operating in that vulnerability today. Um, And so, uh, yeah, so let's just see where God takes us. So I could stand here and tell you all why or how we should be making a difference. And I could stand here and say to you, we all need to be doing this, we need to be doing that, we need to be doing more. But unless we really understand why and believe it for ourselves then the how loses some of its purpose and some of its intent, I think. So I want us to think about what motivates us to be active and mobilized as Christians. What is it that motivates us to not be passive? And I don't think that being told you must do something is the thing that actually grows motivation. 
I know if I'm told to do something, then my natural inclination is to do the opposite. Um, and it doesn't always end well. So I think if we're thinking about making a difference as a church, then we all need to be absolutely understanding why. Why? Why do we as a church want to make a difference? Why do I, as a member of Freedom Church, as a partner in Freedom Church, want to make a difference? Why is it important anyway? What's it all about? So that's the big question we're going to be answering this morning. Can we have the next slide, Billy? Slide two. Martin Luther King, he spoke about what he believed. He talked in terms of, I believe. And people were drawn to him, weren't they? We didn't have social media in the days that he was around. But um, his fa most famous speech started, I have a dream, not I have a plan. Yeah? I have a dream, not I have a plan. It was that dream, those core beliefs that people bought into, that people followed, that people travelled for miles to hear him talk about. People are attracted to and inspired by our belief that drives our action. They can look on and see us doing stuff and go, oh, that's nice. But if they don't know why we're doing it, if they don't know the heart of it, then really it's quite a dry experience. And I believe, and what excites me about this whole subject is that I believe as Christians, we have something really brilliant with which to make a difference in the world. And so in planning for today, I really felt that um, God was saying about the why. And then I watched Sim's first, uh, not watched, listened to Sim's first talk in this series, um, which was why we do church. And, um, and I'd already looked at something called, um, a, a guy called Simon Sinek, who did a whole TED talk and has written a book called Start With The Why. And um, so I was looking at that, and I thought, oh, well, I'll just listen to Sim's talk. And Sim, as I, because I wasn't here for that Sunday, Sim um, spoke about that in, in that sermon, in that talk, where he spoke about starting with the why. He spoke about reading Simon's book. And I thought, okay, so maybe God is, is saying something to us here. Maybe it's not just me. I think we find ourselves easily, we so easily find ourselves doing and doing and doing and doing so much, don't we? And we then, if we're doing so much and we're doing so much and we're doing a bit more, it's very easy to start resenting the doing. And I don't want us, I don't want to be part of a community that resents what it's doing. And I don't suppose any of you do either. So I want to be part of a community, of a church community, that actually really is excited by what it's doing because of the why that's driving it, because of the why that's motivating it. So by taking time to think about why we do, the what we do will be as a result of our why, and we will be authentic and purposeful, driven by our belief. So in a sense, what I want to do this morning is take us back to basics a little bit. I want you to think... Now, some of you will have been Christians for a really long time and will have been part of church life for a really long time. And so actually, that sort of zeal and fervor that you had when you first found Jesus 
It does change over time, doesn't it? And it settles. And some of us will be, um, will be new to this and really enthusiastic and just can't wait to get out and do stuff and da-da-da. And that's all brilliant. We're all at different stages, and that's why I think it would be great to just talk about it amongst ourselves a little bit. So I think we're going to learn from each other, and we'll build this talk together. So what I want you to do to start with is I want you to get into groups. Now, if you've got connect groups here, you could do that. But if you're not, then that's fine. I don't want to complicate it. But there are more of us here than I thought would be here this morning, actually, because I knew so many people were away. I thought it's going to be quite quiet. But it's good. It's brilliant to see so many people here. But get yourselves into groups. Maybe you're sort of up to about six in a group. Um, and I want you to, first of all, next slide, Billy, please, answer this question in your group. So why should we be people concerned about making a difference? So I don't want to know what or how we make a difference. I want us to think about why we should be people who are concerned about making a difference. And then what I'd really like you to do is, in your groups, I'd like you to find have somebody in each group who would be prepared to give feedback. Okay, so um, somebody in your group that's prepared to speak to the rest of us. Um, so this is very quickly, so get yourself into groups. Maybe write it down on a bit of paper. There's no right answer here to this, but maybe write it down on a bit of paper why we should be concerned about making a difference. Okay, I'm not going to give you very long for this. I don't want you to think, overthink it. Just why. Okay, Tim's going to come around and just get a bit of feedback from a couple of groups. If you've written stuff on your bits of paper... I'd like those bits of paper, please, because I think as a leadership team, it's good that we get a sense of what's, what people are thinking. So, Tim, that's a noisy group over there. Go see what they think making a difference is why we should. Right, okay, well, we're in the 21st century. Oh, well, they've got phones. So I'll email it You'll to you You'll email it to me, thank you. <laughs> uh, why we should be concerned about making a difference, because we are available with the hands and feet of Jesus. We have the ability and the power. Um, to do that. Do you want any more answers or should I just no, give fine. it everything? No, that's fine. Another group. Anyone, any more volunteers? Very good. Very good group over there. Another volunteer? Volunteers? Oh, there. Um, I was away this week with... Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Hi. Um, I was away this week with work um, and uh, Bishop Graham Cray was speaking and he's just amazing. Um, and uh, he was talking about the fact that um, as Christians, we believe that when we do good things that bring in the kingdom of God, they last for eternity. So the smallest thing we do brings mm. in eternity and has eternal consequences and for me it's like uh, when I was a kid there was a toy you could get which was um, a black board and you scraped off the black and there was silver foil underneath um, and you can't as you scrape it away this amazing stuff shines through and you mm. can't stick the black back on once it's off it's off I ruined several as a child um, and, uh, and that's what we do we're scraping away the black and letting the light shine through brilliant love it okay one more one more anyone else oh yeah that group in the middle turn in turn One person in our group asked the question, do any of us wake up every morning thinking, I want to make a difference? Mm. And I think the general consensus was, no, not okay. every morning. No. But Jesus made a difference, and okay. we all need encouragement, and Brilliant. there is a huge amount of need out there. Brilliant. Superb. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. So, next question. Billy, can we have the next slide? When you hear the phrase, making a difference... 
in a church context, what does that look like to you? Okay, so when you hear the phrase making a difference in a church context, what does that look like? What's the first thing that comes into your head? If you need more paper, come and get more paper. If you'd like to do it electronically, uh, as this team over here, go for it. But email your answers to me. Okay. Great, I'm going to stop you there. Anyone want to just give us a couple of responses to that? Didn't want you to overthink it, but um, yeah. Any, Any volunteers? We got a couple of points. Um, one was evangelism. We can do that as a church and make a difference with that. Um, another was that together, corporately, we're much stronger than doing things individually. Oh, and there's another one. Um, we can practically help those in need. We hmm. can do that more effectively together than individually. Great. Thank you. Oh, the... Um, the uh, nope. <laughs> Um, we've felt about that if we don't practice what we preach by helping and supporting and keeping in contact with each other and by being team players within the church, we really have no right to go out and tell the world how they should be doing it if we're not doing it. Okay, interesting, thank you. Sorry to throw a bit of spanner in the works. Um, We sort of were questioning the concept of the church context and whether actually we should be making a difference throughout everything, not just in one setting. Does that represent what we will say? Yeah. Great. Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you. Excellent. Right. Okay. You're going to be working in your groups again, so it's up to you whether you want to, you know, turn around for a bit and go back, but... um, Okay. So we'll collect in those bits of paper as well um, and have those bits of paper if that's all right. If you want to make any other notes on it, that's fine and give them to me afterwards. That would be brilliant. But again, as we're thinking about our values, as we're thinking about creating a culture within our church, then it's really important that we, that we hear from everybody about that um, and that, we, you know, that we, we understand where you, where you guys are at, where you are in your thinking um, as we move forward and as we grow and as we get more connected into our community. So I want us to think a little bit about the why. So why? Why is it that we are called to make a difference? I'm going to start with grace. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who is an amazing German theologian uh, back in the sort of 19th, uh, 20th century, sorry, um, wrote a book that some of you might have read called The Cost of Discipleship. And in that, he talks about grace. He talks about cheap grace, that Christianity in the world often reflects a cheap grace, grace that doesn't actually require much of a response from us. And that the truth is that the grace by which we are saved is a costly grace. It cost the life, it cost God the life of his son in order that we may have life. And Bonhoeffer explains costly grace like this. Costly grace is the gospel. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow. And it's grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It's costly because it costs a man his life. And it's grace 
because it gives a man the only true life. It's costly because it condemns sin and grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it's costly because it cost God the life of his son. Above all, it's grace because God didn't reckon his son too dear a price to pay for our life, but delivered us but delivered him up for this. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. The incarnation of God is about God being fully human and fully divine. God being on this earth as a full human being with all the feelings, the temptations, the difficulties that we had yet remaining divine. So God's love for us is immeasurable. When you think about this costly grace, How does that challenge you in terms of why we should make a difference? So I'd like you to go back into your groups. And I'd like you to discuss that. When you think about the costly grace, the price with which you were bought, and the reason why, and the fact that God didn't determine us too uh, cheap, if you like. He determined that we were worth it, okay? Why? Why did God determine that? And if, that's, and if that is what we're bought with, if that is how we are here now in relationship with, with Jesus, then how should that be affecting and determining what we do and how we are in the world around us and how we make a difference? So, into your groups have a chat and we'll get some feedback on that. It's a big question to only give you five minutes to talk about. I know, I'm sorry, but um, time does go, doesn't it? But it's something that you can continue to talk about in your connect groups and, um, and continue to give us feedback on as well. Um, okay, does anybody, um, has anyone got anything they want to say as a result of that discussion? Um, in your groups. Us again. Us again. Um, yeah, we felt a um, very common theme, actually. We, as you experience God's grace in the early days of your relationship with him, and that's, it's marvellous, you get very comfortable very early on. Um, sometimes church can become introspective. And firstly, that's destructive because a self-serving system that, you know, will die. Um, but also, it stops you from experiencing and remembering the journey that other people are on towards God and how, how that, that excites you and mm. that makes you want to reach out. Um, so it, I guess the theme was, is basically not looking, not looking inwards, but mm. realising what we've got, not becoming comfortable with it, being reminded constantly of, of what we've, where we've come from mm. and then being able to give that back to others. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Tracy? We talk... Oh, sorry. We talked about um, several things, but one of the things that came to mind while you were talking about this question was the parable of the precious pearl, which is ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Jesus talks about the kingdom being like um, a precious pearl that someone sees and they realise it's the most precious thing that exists and they sell everything they have to buy this jewel. It makes no sense. You know they have no spare pants. They don't have a toothbrush. They don't have somewhere to live, but they have the pearl of great price. And um, just this idea that 
um, that's what God has for us. And as we are then in the process of selling our toothbrush and our pet dog and everything else that we have, the making a difference stuff comes as part of that process of just selling up our whole lives for Jesus. I think. And then there's another important point as well, that um, maybe one of the things that stops us doing the making a difference stuff is that maybe we feel like people don't really want to be interfered with. Um, and that can be a bit of a hurdle to get over okay. when people are like, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing my life, thank you. And just knowing how to sort of um, introduce God into that context. Mm. Mm-hmm. Great, thank you. Oh, at the back there, Hannah. Um, just uh, salvation itself, that's the, as a fact, change mm-hmm. our lives that we realize uh, how much we we are valued by God yeah. and it makes a, a difference in us first and this is affect our ways how we are treated with other people how we are see our uh, neighbors or family members or just colleagues so and um, and the christian life with the fellowship with God um, it costs us a lot Actually, mm. we have to um, bear our cross, mm. and we have to um, have to yeah. <laughs> change our ways, um, and um, and we we can't be that selfish that before, and yes, it means pain, mm. uh, but there's no more question when we realize how much he paid for us. Mm. There's no more question. We just say yes, and we we are going where he leads. Thank you. That's great. And that thing about it costing us is really important because it does cost us. And if we don't get the why, if we don't understand why, why it is this is important, why it is that we're called to make a difference, then we will soon become weary, Uh, you know, resentful, uh, and maybe even give up, which is why understanding the why is so important. You see people who who work tirelessly for the sake of others, and that's essentially what this is about. That's what grace is about. God's grace was given to us. It's for the sake of others, isn't it? It calls us out. It calls us out of our comfort zones. It calls us out of our selfish ways. It calls us out to connect with people in a way that, in, that we wouldn't otherwise be called to do. And it's costly. It's always going to cost us something. It's never going to always be easy. And so if we're not really connected in with the why, with why it is, and that great good news, that amazing good news that Jesus died... <laughs> you know, for you and for me, and that transformation that took place and that takes place in our lives every day, if we're not connected in with that, we will stop believing that it's important that we make a difference. And we will get weary, and we will get resentful, and we will get tired. Now, we will anyway, but something about that motivation, that belief, that core belief will call you back to that place will we'll reignite your passion for whatever it is God has called you to do. And I think as a church that we are being called 
to an, a really exciting point in time. Now, we are being called in terms of what we're doing. There's no doubt about that. But I don't want to talk about what we're doing. Because when people show up here that we have affected and touched and been involved with, and they maybe um, don't behave in a way that we want them to, or they don't conform in a way that we think they should, or our children are misbehaving, and we start to get irritated by that, and we're forgetting the why, then I'm sorry, there's no point in us doing the how and the what. There really isn't. And so actually, we have to be utterly and totally committed to the why. And it is going to cost us. It's going to cost us all. It's going to be uncomfortable at times. It's going to be difficult at times. But I tell you what, it's the most exciting thing in the world as well. Because what you see is God transforming lives. And he's doing that through us, through you and me. How crazy is that? Why on earth would he be in the least bit interested in using me? But he does, and he will, because of his grace. It's already done. It's a given. You are called by grace. That is it. You've done nothing to deserve it. I've done nothing to deserve it. And that grace is the thing that motivates us to go, to make a difference. And that's really exciting. And that's why I didn't want to stand here and talk about <coughs> all the things we might do to make a difference. Because I want you all to find the thing that God has called you to. And I want you to get excited and passionate about that. And I want you to really connect with it because it's born out of grace. Yeah? It's born out of grace. It's not because you happen to be good at doing this, so you're going to go and try doing that, you know, somewhere else and, and helping other people. No, it's born out of a core belief that, do you know what? Jesus Christ loves every single person equally and with equal and treats everybody equally. Everyone is of equal value and worth. And when we get that, that is really exciting, really exciting. Now, I had some scriptures that I wanted you to, to look at in groups, but we haven't got time for that. These are they. You, can you go on to the next? Oh, no. Yeah, that's it, where Mike has spelt correctly. Um, you may want to write these scriptures down, or you may want to go home and look at the verses in the Bible that tell you to get out and do, that talk about social justice, that talk about making a difference, that actually challenge us to live our lives differently. You might want to do that and then look at it through this lens of grace. Yeah? So from the point of, we're not doing it because, oh, okay, all right, I've got to go and do something. I'm all about doing. I'm, I'm in church and church, they're always telling me I'm not doing enough and we're not, you know. No. Let's, let's just not even start at that point. We're starting at the point of, I have received something quite phenomenal in terms of God's grace. And I want to share that. And I want to get out there and make a difference. Because I see that what it's about is life in all its fullness. And it transforms another's life. Now, I'm, I, I'm going to talk just very quickly about CAP, because I've had a, this week, so some of you know, I um, run debt coach for Christians Against Poverty, so we're going into people's homes, we've got a lot of clients now, uh, we're going into people's homes, and a lot of them have never had, they're not Christians, they've never had a, a sort of Christian um, background, whatever, 
but they're desperate, des in a desperate situation. And I had one visit this week, which was incredible. Elaine and I just came out and high-fived. It was a moment. <laughs> um, because do you know what? We had a real sense that God is at work in those lives. In, in those lives. And it was so exciting. I can't put my finger on it. I can't really tell you any more than that, except that we just both came out going, wow. And all we'd done is talk about CAP, really, and what we offer, and, you know, this is the process. But they said, you've brought hope. You've brought peace. You've given us... Uh, we didn't realize that people would just support us and not ask for anything in return. You know, and you just come out, and we did. We high-fived. It was a moment Elaine and I had. But do you know what? God has got a call on those lives. Now, when you see that, when you see that, isn't that just the most exciting thing in the world? Because it's about transformation, and, and you can't sum it up. You can't talk to other people who don't understand, who don't get it about that, because they don't get it. But as Christians, we do because we've been bought by that. And that's the thing that makes the difference. So let's not get too caught up in doing, in terms of actually doing. We all need to be doing. But let's think about, let's go right back and think about the basics. Making a difference because of God's grace. And, and how we will do it, it's going to be different for all of us because we're all unique. And we all bring a different set of gifts and talents into the, into the mix. But if all our activity, just to end with, if all our activity flows out of this core belief, our lives will be lives that affect others tangibly. They will. That bring grace, hope, and love into the world alongside our activity, alongside our doing. And it's that combination that is utterly transformational. And that can happen wherever you are. You don't have to work for a church for that to happen. You don't have to go out to work for that to happen. It can happen wherever you are. It's about your core belief. It's about your why. And it's about understanding the price with which you were, you were bought. So that which God has done for us is transformational. And do you know what? It gives us peace in the toughest of times strength in the weakest of times, and hope in the darkest of times. And I think that's the good news. <laughs> and that's what we've got to offer the world. Uh, you've no doubt had people say to you when you're going through difficulties, how on earth do you deal with that? How do you cope? That's God. That's his transformational power and work through his Holy Spirit in your life. That's what you've got to offer the world. That's what you take. People may not want it. You're right. People may not want to be interfered with, and that's fine. The time isn't maybe right for them there and then. That's not a problem. God's got his hand. <laughs> He's in control. He knows. Our call is to be obedient and to not hold on to this grace thing without sharing it, at least being prepared to share it and give it away because we were not any more deserving <laughs> than the person, our neighbor, and the person down the road. So, that's where I'm going to finish. <laughs> I'd love you to dialogue with me about this. I'd love that, because I think we're all on a journey together in this as a church. 
and I'd love more conversation about it because I think it's really important. So feel free to talk about it. But in that song that we, um, that we sang before, it said, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place with your atmosphere. And that atmosphere, that Holy Spirit atmosphere, is tangible and it's powerful. And that's what we take as we leave this place. Yes, it can flood this atmosphere, but it's going to flood this atmosphere so that we can flood the atmospheres that we find ourselves in. We can take that grace. It's just going to happen. So be prepared for it and be excited by it. So just to finish with, I'd like us just to be quiet and I'd like us just to think about this grace, this costly grace. And I'll read the Bonhoeffer quote again where he describes what costly grace is. And then I want you to think about your why. Why? And while that happens, Hannah and the band are going to come up and they're just going to play and then we'll finish with, um, with a song once we've done that. So let's just be quiet, take some time and think. Costly grace is the gospel. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow and it's grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It's costly because it costs a man his life and it's grace because it gives a man the only true life. It's costly because it condemns sin and grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it's costly because it costs God the life of his son. Above all, it's grace because God didn't reckon his son too dear a price to pay for our life, but delivered him up for us. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.